welcome to Point of Origin, episode 5. The podcast where we're just insanely happy we're done with emancipation. There's no words to express how happy we are we're done. But that episode is in our our rearview mirror. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Starting now. (laughs) Sounds good. What what episode? I don't... Uh, we yeah. just we just almost came got me from like Enemy Within, second. right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was the last episode we saw. Was Enemy Within? It was a great episode, and we're going into this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. So, I'm Mel, and I'm Liz. What? <laughs> wow. So you're just determined to be unhelpful today, huh? <laughs> it's like you knew. After I made you food. See, that's the thing. You had to save food as a bribe for after. Well, you don't get to eat it until we get through this opening, do you? Ah, shit. (laughs) In that case, she's Melon, and I'm Liz. I got nothing else for you. That's my name. Okay, yeah. Nothing nothing going on? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Why did you look it on your lap for that? Just in case there was something surprising yeah, there. You never know. That could be a surprise. Sometimes there's think, uh, you know, surprise. I mean, cat. I looked out in my lap, but I've got Detective Pikachu. There you go. You got Detective Pikachu. Sometimes I have a, a stealthy cat, but no, Ninja she's, Cat's she's yeah. right here. Yeah, Ninja Cat's sleeping, and she's fine. She doesn't want me. <laughs> All right. So, um, our last episode, we talked about Enemy Within. There we go. Yep. <laughs> that was our last episode, and now we're moving into episode four. Oddly, yeah. It's weird. They, they just skipped a number in there. I have a vague memory of talking about how this is an episode uh, that represents a good season one episode in the terms of season ones are always kind of real rough. rough. Where they don't quite know their people. Yeah, but this one's... And for some reason they feel the need to insert quote-unquote romance into every episode. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why the thing with the cavewoman was necessary with... Daniel. Forgot about that. That was... Well, to be fair, it did start a new trope uh, of Daniel... Daniel hooking up with a woman exactly. on every planet. Yeah, he always gets laid. It's, it's perfect, because he's the exact opposite of a Shatner type, and yet he's somehow... he's not interested. Exactly. exactly. But, it's you know, it's always great. a woman starting it. Hey, he's always kind of like, uh... If there's gonna be a ladies' man no, type guy no, who I'm plays s- that trope, at least it's not the creepy rapey figure. At least it's someone who, in response to someone saying, you're quite attractive, went... Exactly. Uh, I call that Daniel's gay panic cough, and we'll get into that in later seasons. I like how it's gay panic, not because he's panicking about being gay; it's that he's panicking because he is gay (laughs) secretly. One day I'll track down that original uh, conference thing or whatever where uh, Shanks talked about how they told him, "Yeah, you're playing the 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 token gay guy on our team," and he's like, "What?" Despite his surprise, he uh, definitely uh, slipped into that role easily. He did a decent job. Okay, but yeah, so we're going uh, to be talking about episode four today, The Broken Divide. And the official synopsis for this episode is, Returning from a planet with both a civilized and a primitive side, all but two of the team become infected and spread a brutal virus. Will Teal'c and Jackson find the cause? Or are their colleagues doomed to become Stone Age primitives? No, that's a pretty tame synopsis. I know, it's pretty boring compared to everything else we've had lately. Although I do love that they're like, oh, 
two of them don't become infected, and then say, yeah, Tilka Jackson, it's like, but you don't specify that those two aren't the ones that become infected, so I just love the idea of, like, two of the team members who were infected have to solve the problem. <laughs> it's a great, um, imagine the rewrite of that episode. I don't want to. <laughs> but imagine Caveman Tilk and Daniel as a bro- protein comedy duo. I can't, I can see Caveman Christopher Judge. I can see him playing okay, that fair with, enough. with Teal couldn't do it, no. And I can't see uh, Teal'c, it just doesn't work. No. Although I do, oh I, god, no, what if Daniel was the only one infected and they had to cut, they had to do like a budding team, but like, Teal'c's playing the straight oh man god, because no. Daniel's the caveman. Why do you put these things in my head? Because <laughs> it's I, amazing. I, I'm uncomfortable, this makes me uncomfortable. Oh my god, I want to see that rewrite. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Be like in the actual episode when he tried to rescue the yeah. woman, no. and then no. turns no. around. No, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just moving past that because it just. Uh, I love that moment in the episode. Right. <laughs> because Teal's reaction is just like, um, oh, <laughs> literally just a, oh, okay. Christopher Judge is so good. It might be season one, but Christopher Judge already knows exactly who Teal is. Oh, God. What I do like about the synopsis, though, hmm? uh, you know, eh. with both a civilized and a primitive side, it's like the only subtle thing that I kind of like about this is because it's, you know, the episode starts with showing that it's um, tidally locked. Yeah. So it's light side and dark mm-hmm. side. So it's, it's advanced, yeah. primitive, light, and uh-huh. dark. Haha, <laughs> I see what you did there. It's not really clever, but it no, is no. quote unquote subtle. It's subtle as it gets in, in season yeah. one. But yeah, that's like that's my one comment about it. <laughs> There's no nerves of steel in this. Nerves so of steel. I don't, oh, I, I miss don't have nerves much of steel. But yeah, uh, so that's that. Uh, it's amazing how much quieter we are when it's not a terrible episode. When we're Just, we're actually looking forward to seeing the episode, yeah. other than like one or two moments where we're like, oh, yeah, but that can be true. That can that's be. season one problems. We'll get past it. Yep. Exactly. Season we already looked at season two and I'm remembering how good season two is. I'm just excited for the moment because Janet's coming. Oh my god, Janet! I love Tarot Rock. Oh, it's like we've been in a desert and now now there's an oasis in front of us. Honestly, I never really considered her just a recurring character because she was in like seventy something episodes. She was labeled a recurring character? She's never she was never technically main cast. That's not Fair. <laughs> she's um the kind of main cast where it's like also starring. Okay. Yeah, like where she's not in like the title credits, ever. But she's still, still basically. Okay, she main never cast. was, but like they definitely consider her one. She's the epitome of quote supporting yeah. cast because she supports the shit out of them. They'd be lost without her. And then her and Sam, right? The, the original <laughs> lesbian culture character. Oh, I love it. Of course, you know, not technically. No, that that I don't know what you're talking about. That was canon. Yep. They're uh, straight in the same way that uh, Destiel doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's that same guy. Where they didn't make out on screen. Right, but we all knew what was going on there. Or at least really hoped. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I got. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're going to actually go watch it now that we've already talked about the whole episode before watching it. Or when I say we, I mean me. What? I have no vehemence <laughs> No, today. I'm, I'm, I'm like attacking myself and yeah. just like, hey, we haven't even watched it. Calm down. Yeah, Mel. God, I'm. I'm just so happy <laughs> that 
that we're going straight from Enemy Within to Broken Divide, you know? It's I so can good. tell because you're fondling the <laughs> shit out of your stuffy. Leave me alone, it's really soft. Here's a sentence that's great out of context. Okay, well, we're going to go watch the episode. <laughs> and I, I can't wait to hear what weird shit we say after we're back. <laughs> oh, no. To be fair, fucking with the cat is <laughs> It's priority number one, all right? Alright, all so uh, we just got back from such a refreshing episode, honestly. I forgot how much I actually like this episode. I told you, it's a good episode. I think my mind lingers on like the two parts where I'm like, huh. Yeah, but those parts are... Very brief. Very, very brief. And, and handled and better the, than other episodes. Yeah, and even the ugh factor is still so yeah. small. Well, that's because this episode, Broken Divide, was written by Jonathan Glasner. Yeah, that would do it. Uh, yeah. Oh, and it shows. It shows so much. Wait, you mean that the person who helped create the show might know how to write a good episode for it? <laughs> might know how to write good dialogue. Uh, in character dialogue? Yeah. Oh, in character dialogue. Ooh. God, they're in so in character. It's amazing. Uh-huh. For the third episode of the season. I think my favorite moment is honestly <laughs> when they go into the uh, palace and she goes, I was going to decorate my <laughs> yeah. living room like this, but you know, didn't I didn't go match with everything stuff. else. Like, All, All I right, could think Sam. was it would match with Daniel's. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it was written by Jonathan Glasner and directed by William Garrity. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pronounced like that. It's funny that you're asking me. I'm the one who can't pronounce shit. Uh, but yeah. William Garrity didn't really impress me. Yeah. He's like the first director that I haven't had anything really... I checked into him. He's directed... Apparently he directs 12 episodes of this show, so let's hope the next 11 showcase some degree of talent. It's not that he did a bad job, it's just that it was literally just so meh. There were a couple, there were a couple shots that I actually like genuinely didn't like. I didn't like the fade-out that did kind of the spiral fade-out. Yeah, that was weird. I also did not like uh, the shot over the guy's shoulder to to focus on Jack and Daniel talking. Yeah, that was weird. That, that was, was like, really poorly it was like framed. Someone took, it was like they took the rule of thirds and... Uh, yeah, I didn't like read, how it was framed. Read, like, read a summary of what rule of thirds is and never actually... So on. Yeah. Better um, than that. But it still wasn't like... It didn't ruin the episode. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't so. bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was just to the point to where it literally took until, like, the last 15 minutes of the episode for us to think to actually talk about directing. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, like, it was just, it was, there was, know, it was just no thought process being applied to it. We're just like, it was oh, this funny. This yeah. line's funny. This part's good. Oh, right. Directing. Shoot. Oh, uh, what's been happening? Maybe they wanted to go with a light hand because this was clearly meant to be, like, the first real episode of the show. What are you talking about? It was. Yeah, it actually shows. It shows that well, it's, like, it's, it's supposed to follow, um, There's so much, there's so much exposition. Within. Half the production values of this episode are clearly structured to show it as, because Enemy Within was clearly the transition type episode. This oh, was meant yeah. to be the first kind of episode mm-hmm. of the show, and it's structured like that, and yet they reordered the airing. It's weird. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh it my was, god. It was right <laughs> after Enemy Within. <laughs> we made an agreement! But yeah, but yeah, it actually shows that it's supposed to be right after Enemy Within, because the opening scene... Oh, it's your turn to make her yell, huh? I guess... Okay. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> she doesn't like She's that. decided she doesn't like that. 
No. No, nope, she doesn't like okay. Pikachu. I guess she's not a Pikachu girl. It's something else that's soft that might take away pets from her. Fair. Uh, but yeah, so it clearly shows that this is supposed to come after Enemy Within, because the opening scene is like this roundtable mission briefing, where you've got Hammond and SG-1 and another team, uh, which we will be seeing a lot more of as the show goes on. They're one of, they're like the other team I know the number for. Yeah. Or well, is, the main guy is, uh, Makepeace. That's, that's Makepeace. Makepeace! That's Makepeace! Yeah, that's Makepeace. Is the, uh... Which is such a terrifyingly on-the-nose name. Is the nerd team, are they SG-11 or something? Oh, God, I I'm couldn't trying to, tell you. Because I, I know, one. I knew immediately the Marines are SG-3. Right. That one's in my head. Because it's, it's, uh, Jack's in charge of SG-1. Um, Kowalski was supposed to be in charge of SG-2. I'm assuming Peretti's in charge of it now? I don't know. Do we ever see Freddy again? I don't know. I, I don't even know if he uh, kept his eye. Yeah, <laughs> they, who knows? They never really. Uh, uh, but SG three is the Marines. I do know that much, and I feel like the nerds are like SG eleven or something. But we'll get there eventually yep. on the Unas episode. Unas. All I can think every time I hear the word Unas is Unagi. <laughs> I know. Like God damn it. But yes. <laughs> <coughs> Speaking of sick, I'm almost not sick anymore. Oh, there we go. Two people in this apartment got sick, and I didn't. Somehow, I'm still just, I cannot believe I somehow dodged that bullet. Yeah. It never happened. For some reason, your freaking boyfriend got me sick. Yep. But you didn't get sick. Nope. Again, I have no idea how, but I'm not going to complain. I mean, I question a little bit, but uh, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, so they're having a uh, mission briefing, talking about what their next step is going to be. And they open up by talking about how, yeah, a whole bunch of the uh, refugees you brought in from Chulak saw a couple of the symbols on the gate that the gold dialed out with. And they say they saw, like, the last four. Yeah, something like that. Uh, And Hammond's like, well, knowing that the final one is the point of origin, then we have three to work with, and we're just gonna start plugging those into the uh, epi- episodes. The addresses. I mean, they, they do plug them into the episodes. They do. So it's part of the storytelling yeah. technique. It's actually a really good storytelling technique. Yeah, no, it's a great framing device. But, uh... Hot device, I should say. Yeah, bit of both. Yeah, both. Same thing. Mm. But they are basically comparing those three symbols to uh, addresses that they have from the map room. Yeah, the on Abydos. Yeah. Cartouche. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, James Vader. <laughs> the cartouche. Yes. That thing. Mm-hmm. But they they compared it to that, and they have their first match, and they're planning on sending SG-1 through um, to see if they can get any leads on the gold. But I do love that in this scene, while they're talking about it, they, do, they list one of the P3X blah blah blahs or whatever. And I love how Daniel actually takes the time to be like, can we, like, give these better names? <laughs> like, how are you supposed to remember that? And then Samia does her little exposition line of, it's based on a binary code. And then Daniel just, response. I love great. that Daniel just stares at her while she's explaining this. Like, it's like, oh. that's, he didn't ask why they're called that, Sam. He said, can we change it? <laughs> yeah. I just like to add her little description. Jack goes, yes, because that's so easier to remember. 
like, yeah. yes, you have a point. <laughs> it's great for cataloging, not so great for uh, yeah. so on. No, I do love that there's two different reactions to her giving a little jargon thing. It's just, that's not what I asked. <laughs> Well, it's based on real life. That's like actually yeah. how we, oh, yeah, absolutely. How we classify and catalog planets that we see through telescopes and shit today. So I mean, That's definitely why they did it. Yeah, that's great. I like it when they base fake science off of real science. Yeah. It's like, what a it's, concept. It's charming. <laughs> um, and so SG-1's going to go through for the first address they found, and Daniel's, like, worried. <laughs> cause, Daniel's always worried. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because he's, like, a nerd. <laughs> I whole thing about this scene isn't just him being nervous Nelly, it's that, you know, in, in, during the conference scene, yeah. Jack's being, you know, himself, and Sam just keeps giving him that look. Yes, oh god, the the little side-eye that like, she gives half Jack. Half-smile side-eye, just like, really? Okay. Every time Jack makes a little snide or- It's kind of like, later on it, it evolves into more of a, oh, you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but right now it's just kind of like, oh boy, this is my commanding officer, huh? <laughs> I better get used to this now, kind of look. But I love that, like, Daniel, because they, uh, they send him mouth through. Which, for some fucking reason... Doesn't have a flashlight on well, it. Well, no, no, he called it the, uh, M-A-L-P. Oh, God. Like, why? What really killed me was he talks about, like, they can't see anything. Apparently it's very dark on the planet. It's like, first off, why isn't there a flashlight? I know! Why isn't there a Second, light on your, on your freaking camera? Second, it's definitely been... It's not like anyone's like, said it out loud, but it has been extremely obvious up until now that the gate emits a shit ton of light. Oh yeah, it does. So, but and we see that it does. And later, later literally, too. as they step through, you're like, I looked over at you and went, "Look at oh, all that look, light yeah, there! Look at all that light!" But I do love that Daniel's like, "Wait, so we don't know where we're going into?" Right? <laughs> and he's like nervous. It's so then like the buff old tough Marines are like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll have your backs." And I love that Daniel's reaction is just, "It's not my back. I'm worried about. It's my front." <laughs> And a little pointer finger onto the table, just like, no, no, it's more like my front side. <laughs> I love the look that make peace gives Daniel afterwards. Like, oh, this is how you're gonna be. <laughs> like, this is this is the episode where the soldiers are learning who Daniel is as a person. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Better get used to that now, buddy. <laughs> yes. Because this is not the first or last, well, I guess it's the first, it's not the last time that Daniel gives the Marines shit. Yeah, I literally wrote down for that scene, God damn it, Daniel. I know, I love it. It was so good. When Makepeace spoke up, my note says, oh, look, it's the Marines. Oh, look. <laughs> Hi, guys. You always know what to expect with them. There's something to be said, I guess, for uh, predictability. Not predictability, uh, consistency. Consistency. But yeah, so they're all uh, loading up to go through the gate. And I love that um, that everyone's getting uh, night vision goggles. Yeah. To which, that lovely little lampshading moment. <laughs> Where Jack's like, why doesn't the mouth have one of these? And it's like, yeah, Jack, why doesn't the mouth have one of those? There are some people who consider lampshading a rather egregious sin. I uh, It has its moments of terrible. Like, it depends on too heavy. how heavy it right? is. What's the thing about lampshading is it's kind of heavy by nature. But... Honestly, it's one of those things where you think you would think like somebody like me, you know, is persnickety yeah, annoying uh-huh, and stuff uh-huh. as I am. You'd think this would be something I don't like. All like. the moments, but you've I love persnickety in this episode. Exactly. I love lampshading. I think it's funny. I no, like I, meta. I enjoy lampshading as long as they're not using it as an excuse. If it's a more self-aware kind of lampshading, yeah. I like that. But yeah, so they all uh, gear up, go through the gate, and <laughs> surprise, it is sort of bright on the other side because of the freaking. The freaking light from the gate, but whatever. 
Uh, so they go through and are almost immediately attacked by a horde of cavemen. Yeah. Wearing Ikea rugs, it looks like. I do love, though, that, like, everyone's wearing their night vision goggles, and then they pan to Daniel, and his are so big on his face for some reason. I know. I don't know if it's because he had to have them over his glasses as well. No, because it could be that, because they literally show him taking off his glasses. Oh, that's true, because he makes that comment about these aren't prescription. Right. <laughs> Which, at that point, is like, why even bother putting him on? Like, I know. Like, what, what could like, you what possibly you see? see? Well, we don't know how bad his eyesight is. If, like, <laughs> if it was me, I'd be like, well, I'd, hmm, I can either have no night vision but what I can see would be clear. Or I would have night vision goggles on. It's like, cool, a bunch of blurry images. <laughs> on the other hand, maybe it is that bad because he, like, completely gets sideswiped by these cavemen. Like, you just see his head swivel and then he just gets bowled over. I think that's just because it's Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do love those. They step through and you know, the Marines are waiting and Jax is like, wait, like, what, 10 Mississippi or whatever? And the and guy he actually stands sticks there his gun. Part, perfect tone of one. <laughs> Two because he knows that if he went through before then, Jack would just turn around and be like, you came in early. Yeah, I just like the sarcasm. It's great. That's so good. This is their first, like, official journey through the gate, and there's already such a great byplay being created. Yep. Not just within each team, but, like, across teams. No, it's, they're, it's they're, so their inter-team good. dynamic is well-established. And uh, Makepeace isn't even that much of a dick in this. No, he's just a little bit like, hoo <laughs> So Marine. Yeah, that's he's why when trope. he showed up, I was like, oh, it's the Marines. He's, like, he's literally just a walking trope. He has no he has no substance yet. SG-3 is a lot of trope. Yeah, but hey, they're barely on screen. They're so. there to shoot guns, which is what they do, because they life? come through in 10 Mississippi and shoot guns to scare away all the cavemen, saving the day <laughs> for once. <laughs> for once. For once, they don't make things worse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they get, they scare all the cavemen away. Everyone's getting up and everything. There's a couple of them that have been knocked unconscious from, like, the fights and everything. And they turn one over and you get, happens like, to be burying his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn one over and it's, like, a Neanderthal-looking guy. And Daniel starts, like, rambling about, like, oh, well. Oh, that's at the campsite they find. Oh, yeah, the, then they follow the runaways yeah. to the campsite and, like, watch from from afar. And Jack's like, huh, so so what do you think they are, Daniel? And Daniel just starts rambling about, oh, well, they can't be this because they're a little bit too developed here. Well, they can't be this because they're a little bit too developed here. They could and be then, but... And then Jack's just like, you don't know, do you? <laughs> and what I like is how he... <coughs> He doesn't, like, interrupt Daniel so much as, like, talking over Daniel's rambling, to which Daniel finishes the ramble with, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Just, I love their their <sighs> communication dialogue. Is just it's just terrific. It's so good. It's They're always, already... It's always so on point. Just de- yeah. De- like, de- like I was saying, you can tell this is a Glassner episode because, like, he knows how these characters interact. Mm-hmm. They interact so well. Oh, yeah. Like, we already know how they're going to be interacting in, in future episodes. It's set right here. And it's so strong, and I love it. Uh, but while they're observing the camp, they see a woman there who isn't caveman-esque. Yep. And is trying to get away, but is being, hmm, grabbed. And it, it, yeah. I like how the assault <laughs> waits until there's witnesses. Yeah, of course. Because timing is everything. And yeah, like, like and I, I was saying, getting flipped over, and Daniel's oh, God. Trying, Daniel's oh, in a very clear. Oh God! Like they even show her like honor. Oh, yeah, the guy's mm. flipping her over. He's going to literally try yeah. to mount her. He's oh yeah, literally like a dog kind of shit. Like why? Do, why do we have to have rape this early, guys? Because I don't know. Because otherwise, it's, why would Sam it's care? Do we need rape this early? It's that bullshit mentality where the token female in the group is not going to care 
unless there's a sexual assault yeah. in progress. It's literally <laughs> such a thing. Hell, even Game of Thrones did that. Uh, where in the first season, where she doesn't care about all. She knows how the um the oh Dothraki Dothraki Jesus, thank you. You know she knows how they how they work with their yeah. uh, raping and pillaging, and it's not until she sees the sexual assault going down that she suddenly starts rounding up women to care about. And it's just like, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> you know that we're capable of caring before that. But yeah, it was it was an excuse to put themselves into that campsite. It was just it was a it's a writing trick and it's lazy. Yeah, but whatever. It is lazy and, and it's not just offensive. It's lazy. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, Stargate does better later. Whatever you know. But I do like how she has a good point. Like you know, he's trying to explain it away anthropology. with anthropology style, and she goes, well, "I call it rape, and we need to do something." And they do, and they do. Well, they almost do. That's true. Oh, they're arguing over it, yeah. and Sam's about to be like, I'll do it by myself, yeah, I don't like, give a fuck. fuck. Y'all, man. Jesus. I do love that part of her, where she's like, fine, you guys could stand here and be a bunch of pussies, I'll go take care of it myself. Yep. And she was ready, she was oh, gonna yeah, do was it. Go. None of that bystander bullshit. But then, while they're about to, like, discussing it and everything, uh, suddenly there's flying rocks coming from the side, and you see these guys in, like, all white, throwing rocks at the cavemen. To, you know, I know they do it, they're doing it to you know, potentially rescue that, that chick who's not. Yeah. Touched. I just realized they never once explained how the fuck she even got in there. Like, are you telling me the cavemen went to the light side to kidnap her? No, she probably just wandered off because she's an idiot. Why? Why would she wander that close to what she knows is a dangerous leper colony type place? Teenagers it doesn't make giving sense. dares. Sure. It just, I, I like how they completely it's gloss that whole, over how um, that happened. You know what it is? I bet, I bet this is exactly what it is. Huh. It's this culture's version of, I dare you spend the night in the haunted house. I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like that, that, that's some dumb shit. <laughs> I feel like most chicks aren't going to do that. Teenagers do it, and she's a teenager. Uh, I didn't do that. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not, we weren't normal teenagers. True. But I, still, it's just, it was just weird to me that they kind of glossed over how that happened. That, yeah, anyway. People in white show up to rescue the girl. <laughs> Super white, because, you know, that way, how else are you going to know they're pure yeah. and clean? So white that they're, like, glowing in the dark. Oh, right. Yeah, they they rescue the woman. Uh, oh, cat. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Troy, for walking over my notes. This is really helpful. Well, she sees where you're looking, and therefore she needs to be there. Yep. All right. The Marines are, like, immediately suspicious of these people that were attacking people who attacked you. Like, they might be gold. It's like, they attacked the people who attacked also, you. Also, they're Why using you... rocks. Yeah, also exactly. also using rocks. They have far superior weapons. I don't understand. But they determine, hey, these guys aren't gold. Yeah, they walk up and, you know, check. Of course it's the chick. Yeah. That they, you know, rip I off her I love also thing. the fact that she kind of, like, side-eyes them while like, it's really? happening. It's so funny. She was just annoyed by that as well. Yes. But, uh, they find out that these guys aren't gold and, uh, that these people were rescuing one of their own, and they're like, "Oh, hey, so there's like actual culture on this side of the uh, this side of the gate. Can we come with?" <laughs> and they follow these people back to their side, which is this is a tidally locked. Yeah, so it's tidally locked, which they locked out so hard. <laughs> tidally locked is not an uncommon thing. Yeah, it's just that. Do you know how cold the dark side would be and how hot the mm-hmm. light side would be normally? Like, oh yeah, they somehow locked out hard there because I remember in the beginning of the episode they talk about how um, the mouth had the readings it was 41 degrees Fahrenheit it's like that's, that's a mild temperature yeah. for a permanently dark side of the planet it's like I feel like if it was gonna be that warm that it has to be pretty close to their sun which means that light side is gonna be hot as shit <laughs> so I just it's I'm not really gonna question it too much because I give all the things that do have a problem with it's, yeah so it's just it's like uh-huh sure cool 
Yeah, so they get taken over to these people uh, who live in the, the, the light side. <laughs> of course they do. Because the light they're in the dark. Yes, oh. that whole, it's very unsubtle, but it works in this episode, so whatever. I gotta say, though, every time I say dark side of the planet. <laughs> dark side of the moon. Seriously, all I could think every time, I wondered how many, I, I wonder if anybody on set that day, or those days when they were filming. Started, like, humming it. Had to be like, don't. Don't think of Pink Floyd. Don't think of Pink Floyd. I know that big eye problem. I don't even like Pink Floyd. And even yeah. I'm just like Dark Side of the Moon. It's just it's. I don't know the song, goes. so I'm fine. Moving on. <laughs> this is a Showtime thing again. No, it's a classic music era thing. I know the Wall. I don't know Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, well at least you know the Wall. Although that's a questionable taste moment there. Like I didn't like seek it out. I just know it. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, they get taken over. Uh, they're mistaken for gods again. Shocker. Well, I mean, Daniel does, you know, exposition that away pretty easily with, well, only the gods come through the It's game, fair. So it's it makes fair. Sense. Yeah. It's completely fair because at this point in history, the, for a very long time, only the old have gone through, so, and they've always posed as gods, so it's completely fair. I yeah. completely buy it. But I do just like that they're already kind of like, oh, really? We're not gods. <laughs> I do like that the culture's all like, oh, maybe they want us to treat them like normal like a people. Test. I like how they're doing like a sauna voce, like, oh, it's a test. We should treat them like normal people. Yes, would you like to come to our home? Whatever floats their boat. Uh, whatever, it works. So they take them and uh, there's a clear like Minoan culture um, imagery going on, which is interesting juxtaposed with the cavemen. Oh yeah. But it's really, n- I like the visuals. Even if the nice. um, even if the approach to the the main home is clearly just a map painting. Oh right, it was like, dude. The what the problem is that there's like there's something a little off about the perspective. Oh yeah, no, the perspective is always off on that shit. Yeah, there's just something wrong with like the, the depth approach. Is never quite yeah, right. the depth, especially like approaching the the stairs. It's yeah. like really blatantly obvious. Yeah, but. It's fine. It still looks pretty cool. And that's that where... Probably, it was either that or they were going to have to give you some pretty crappy CGI. Oh, yeah. So. God, it's like a crappy don't. painting overlay than CGI. But they go in and that's where you get the great line that you're talking about where Sam's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to de- I wanted to decorate my place like this. Because <laughs> there's just, like, <laughs> gold bullheads everywhere. and it's, like, very, it's very ancient Greece. Yeah. Minoan. Minoan. It's very Minoan. It's blatant. And, like, um, while she's making that joke... Daniel even says, oh, it's Minoan. <laughs> like, no one's listening to him, but he does say that. I do love that he's just, like, talking to himself about the freaking culture. Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody asks him any questions. Nobody asks him to elaborate. He's just talking to himself. They're already used to this. Like, yeah. All right, whatever. Just gonna go with it. It's like a, it's a requisite Daniel moment that you go to the new planet and he compares it to whatever lost Earth culture. Yeah. Yeah. Which I always appreciate. Oh yeah, no, it's because it shows his nerd side. It's not really an exposition thing because who among us who didn't have that knowledge wouldn't use it? Yeah, exactly. Who did have that knowledge? There we go. But yeah, so um, the people in white kind of explain what's going on here about like the uh, touched and the untouched. They've got the poor daughter just like up at the head of the table. Like, laying, crying yeah. on a pillow like, while they all freaking stare at her to see if she gets infected. Yeah, I, I like how they point out that they're waiting to see, but it's like, yeah, but the earlier scenes show that you guys have your 
<laughs> gossamer form of a hazmat suit kind of thing. Yeah. It was you clearly have people styled tending after a hazmat her. suit. Right. Like, you could have people tending to her. Like, she's clearly suffering, at the very least, from some PTSD from being kidnapped and nearly, you know, Yeah, and I don't understand why, this, this definitely becomes like a plot point later, why aren't they, like, feeding her or something? Exactly. this can... would absolutely help less people get infected, as we find out later, right? but... Yeah, great, you're waiting. You could still just treat it like a person until you know for sure that she's gonna be not quote-unquote yeah. a person. But whatever, so they find out about the untouched, which is the light side, and the touched, who have been cursed by evil gods. Evil underworld spirit types. Yeah. Which uh, I think is another cool nod to Greek culture. Yeah, it was. I liked it. Um, well, I do love that at first, like, Daniel's trying to translate the word, and he says, like, gods of the earth, and then Teal has to be, like, under the earth. <laughs> To which, did you see Daniel's little <laughs> almost bitch face of like, excuse you? <laughs> it's like, Daniel, that's his native language, just let him. But this is my thing. This is my, how, are you correcting me on my thing? He's not, he's not fluent in gold yet. Uh, just, it's still, uh, it'll get added to his list eventually. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that scene from Guardians uh, 2, where uh, she whips out the sword, uh, sorry, a gun, and he goes, Oh, we're using guns now. I mean, it's just, I thought guns were my thing and the swords were your thing, <laughs> yeah. but I guess we're both doing guns now. <laughs> God. And she's looking at him like, really? <laughs> it reminded me of that kind of thing where Daniel's just like, oh, I guess I, I thought that was your thing and this was my thing, but I guess it's both our thing now, whatever. Daniel doesn't have the relationship with Teal'c yet. He'll get a little of it in this episode as we go on, which I love, mm-hmm. but just like, uh, yeah, he doesn't know Teal'c all that well yet. Teal'c's no. really only bonded with Jack at this point. Yeah. But uh, basically they ask, like, because they're here for a reason. They're looking for the gold. They're looking for Scotta and Shouty. Um, and they ask, hey, have any of your gods come through lately? And the uh, the untouched are like, no, not for, like, a generation at least. Or I think it was a generation, right? Yeah, she said a generation. Okay. Which is clearly wrong, because as we'll all recall... The best character of the, uh, the Children MVP. of the Gods. The MVP at the end. The MVP of Children of the Gods, Primitive Man, is blatantly from the Proca Divide episode. Well, I mean, it's, I, I hate to always bring up Stargate Atlantis, but I can't think of an SG-1 episode <laughs> that demonstrates this better. There's an episode of SGA where uh, um, one planet, the people on the planet, um, put their prison colony around the gate, so that way when the Wraith comes through to take people... Uh-huh. They only take the uh, ones who, you know, it's so that people, good people, quote-unquote good people, don't get taken. It's that kind of thing. So it's, I feel like, they don't even really allude to it here, but I feel like that would make sense. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why they put their little leper colony right there is because that way, when the gold comes through, they see non-desirable mm-hmm. vessels and go, oh, well, we don't yeah. want this. Absolutely. That's why I, I pointed out, I'm like, well, how would the untouched even know if the, the gold came through and only stole a caveman? Although... I, I have to think that Jaffa got fired for that. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what do, do you even understand? We're supposed to be bringing back prime hosts. What the fuck is this? Unless, unless they were grabbing the, the little blonde-haired boy and the caveman wouldn't let them take him sure. alone. Sure. Because if you I'll recall, he was being very protective of that little blonde-haired boy yeah, who it. was probably one of the untouched. Yeah, makes sense to me. Little boy was probably related to him or something. Maybe that guy yeah, got sick. Exactly. It's like his kid or something. And he like actually like so some, some hindbrain well, part hindbrain, of him the recognized. The primal, you know, patri- he, uh, not patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that too. It's probably. always the patriarch. Uh, paternity. There we go. Yeah. Defend your young kind of mm-hmm. thing. That that attachment is definitely a very prime. Oh, absolutely. 
primal state. Especially so. with someone that small where right, exactly. like there's a point later on in this where I'm like, I could have seen this part going more the uh, paternal route, mm-hmm. but but uh this kid was actually very small enough that it shouldn't have gone any other way. So yeah. makes sense to me. Uh but yeah, so they're like, okay, well the goal haven't been through in a long time. We have no reason to be here. And I love Bye. Okay, so you know what this I take it back. There is one moment in this episode where I like the directing. Oh yeah. And it's this moment right here where you've got two sides of the team, both arguing for staying and going. Because you've got the nerds on one side, and like they frame the camera so that while Daniel's arguing for why he's they doing should his stay, butt jack moment. yeah, he's doing his, his butt jack moment, and you see Sam nodding next to him, like, "Yeah, we need to stay." Uh-huh. What he said, what he said, what he said. Science, guys, science. And then, like after Daniel does his little rant, then the camera pans, and you see Jack and Teal on the other side, like, "No, we need to go. <laughs> this is our first time through the gate, and you're already starting this." But yeah, so they, they wind up going back, and I do love that as soon as they get back, they're having their debriefing, and Daniel's already arguing with Hammond. Setting that stage early. Oh, it's so good. And Hammond's just, you can see Hammond's going, so this is going to be a thing, huh? <laughs> Even then, though, he still looks like his uh, bemused grandfather yeah, type thing. Yeah, because he is a bemused like, grandfather, which shows that. later on, after he lets Daniel rant for like five minutes, then he goes, Dr. Jackson, I agree with you. And then Daniel's like, but no, you but don't no, understand. You gotta- Wait, Wait, what? what? <laughs> I won? Because <laughs> like, yes. Hammond does say you already won. And he goes, no, you I- I'm sorry, what? I, I won. Like the, the pure confusion when he says that is beautiful. He was beautiful. so ready to keep fighting. I was like, how often does Daniel really get to win? Fair. That's one hundred percent. I can see fair. him getting trounced in every argument he's ever had with Shari because he's not that good at arguing. Let's exactly. be honest. Yeah. Um. And then, like, in the middle of of him being like, "Yeah, we're gonna send more people through," suddenly one of the Marines just freaks the fuck out and attacks Teal. And I love it because, like, Teal barely even blinks at him. <laughs> he just, like, easily manhandles the guy away and, like, is just keeping him away. I do like how even when he gets him away, he looks up at Hammond and goes, I do not wish to hurt this guy. Yes! <laughs> like, damn. Basically, like, can you take him away from me, please? His demeanor, I love it. It's not controlled in that Vulcan way. No. It's controlled as in, I'm in charge of myself, yeah. my body, my reactions, my everything. And you can tell why he's such a great he first was such prime. a great first prime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like he was in control. Absolutely. And not like in a domineering whatever asinine way, but literally just in the best way. And Christopher Judge does such a great job with how oh. he does that scene. It's remarkable. At no point do you don't even see anger flick over his face even no. once. Even when even like knowing control, you can tell that he's not angry. He's literally just well, this is annoying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looks just like frustrated and annoyed like this is happening especially when he like looks at him and like i do not wish to hurt this man he's just like can you take care of him like this is a little too easy (laughs) so they like take care of him and then like there's just a gap or whatever where like they're dealing with that and then all of a sudden daniel and sam are running tests or something on the stargate oh yes that's it for some reason like why is daniel running tests on the gate like it kind of makes sense for sam to be doing oh it absolutely makes sense for sam to be doing it because she was part of the jury rigging in the first place That's her field of expertise. I guess really what it was, I bet she was doing that. <laughs> Daniel had nothing to do, talk. and she's like, hey, you want to yeah. chat? He wanted to, to discuss whatever, walked up and picked something up to look useful. Yes, there we go. That's exactly what happened. God, how often do you think he just goes into her fucking lab and, like, just starts tinkering with some random shit while yes. she's doing her work? And, and then after totally he leaves, she has to fix it. Right? But you can totally tell, like, she's, she is 
multitasking well, perfectly. I love later on it. Um, Daniel just like plainly says, "Sam's my friend," uh-huh. and it's like they've barely known each other at this point. And I'm just, spirits. I'm already so happy. I love them. Oh yeah, Sam, nerds. Sam's his Captain Doctor. Oh yeah, they're, they're little friends. They're yeah. little nerd friends. Yeah. I love I love their friendship. But, but yeah, so they're discussing that weird little outburst that happened. And then while they're discussing that, two more marines get into a fight and throw themselves through the the uh, embarkation the window. No, it's, it's the glass of the conference room. Yeah, that goes into yeah. the embarkation yeah. room. Yeah. Like, and fall why that is hole? that glass that fragile? I know they have that shield that can come down over yeah. it, but that takes at least 10 to 20 seconds to deploy itself or whatever, side to position. Shit can go down very fast. You should have yeah, stronger we see glass that in a couple between episodes. you and the gate. Something coming through there, you wouldn't know until it's there's too also late. the fact that like there's got to be so much vibration getting exactly. put off by that exactly. gate. Exactly. You would you would want something that like because yeah. that much vibration after a while is going to oh, break it's, the if glass. It's plate on glass? Its own. Hell yeah. yeah, plate glass. You can. There's that trick you can do with regular plate glass if it's big enough, where you literally it's uh, some some I think somebody called it a sweet spot once, which I don't like using. That huh. just sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> um, where it has to do with um, if you put just the right amount of pressure, like with your hand. You can put enough pressure in the center of the glass, and it'll literally will shatter the glass. Jesus. Yeah. Plate glass has its uses, but it's... Not for freaking gate yeah, room. It's, 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 it's meant for shit that's not going to be potentially in impacting a military it. base to take any kind underground. Of yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not impact ready. And they even put shatterproof glass in schools. Because kids run into shit. Like, oh, honestly, yes, it's not even for dangerous reasons. It's literally just because a backpack can slap it or whatever. They think to do it that... There, but they don't think to put shatter glass, shatterproof. I guess they do from now on. Probably, I'm assuming from now on they yeah. have some shatterproof glass there. But it's just it, it oh, doesn't use. Oh, and me. before this, though, that was a fucking missile silo. Why do they have shattered glass? And trust me, I nothing about it made sense. Oh god, it was just for dramatic purposes. Okay, but yeah, so they're like, okay, it wasn't just one guy flipping shit; it's more people flipping shit. But they still don't know what's going on. And it takes them a little too long, in my opinion, to figure it out. Considering how the sick on the planet literally were called the touched, and they got their asses touched all right oh, by yeah, the uh-huh. attacked, and they saw the guys in the <coughs> wannabe hazmat suits. Two and two was very easily put there, and it, they don't get four until three or four hours later. The only defense I can give them is this is their first time through the yeah, gate. Yeah, but that's still just common sense. On a real mission. Basic common sense. Why do it's they call constants to Why us wearing because shit? we watch just keeps you from being a touched. million seasons of this. I know, but even with hindsight bias, I feel like common sense did not play a part there. I mean, it didn't, but they're new to this. Like, yeah, they made mistakes. But it's not That's just dumb. insane for them to have made this mistake. Uh, I'm not saying it's insane, they but I'm saying it's had, dumb. They, this is their first... They get much better at reacting to infections. You yeah, can admit but, that. But it's... When they were checking that chick to see if she was, you know, had a gold inside her neck, yeah. they had to lift up her covering. At no point do they even question a little bit the covering. Like, hmm, maybe they're protecting their skin from something. Almost as if they're kind of worried about infection. <laughs> well, to be fair... The untouched are not really doing that because the untouched think it's a curse. They but then no why are they wearing the hazmat suits? Nothing about that makes sense. Because when you question more, it gets um, more complicated. It's ritual. Oh, maybe the gold saw that it was an infection, and maybe that created that ritual. Yeah, I can see that okay. ceremonial clothing. There we go. That being said, we know better. They know better. You know, SG One knew better. I'm just saying, it, you, this one, I'm not, I'm not budging on this one. They definitely <laughs> should have seen it. Anyway, yeah. Then there's another, like, scene jump, and then you see Jack in the locker room, uh, cleaning up after the mission. So it can't have been Shower that long time. after. No. 
enough for a debriefing, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then Wally's, like, getting dressed afterwards or whatever, suddenly Sam shows up. Also, I like how their uh, locker rooms are co-ed. Yeah. I have nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, it's interesting. I figure they're probably co-ed because, A, it used to be NORAD. Yeah, so it was missile, missile silo, so yeah. it's probably the same bullshit, like, submarines are run versus uh-huh. unigender. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also... There's not oh, that many not, women here. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Thing, like, having to wait, like, you're, it you're, makes like, sense. Yeah. Like, okay, there's chicks in it right now, so we need, men need to wait their turn. Okay, right now there's more men that need to use it, so the chicks need to wait yep. their turn. That kind of thing. I have nothing wrong with it. I just found it interesting. I thought it no Or they might even have it, like, by hourly. Like, maybe. odd yeah, hours, maybe. Uh, it's women's use. Yeah. Even hours, it's men's use. Uh, yeah, that, that makes more sense. But yeah, uh, I just, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. The fact that they don't let gender become a problem yeah mm-hmm. yeah they don't because when when sam comes in with her hair like fucking like poofed up like ridiculously to show that she's in her aroused yes. state and and a, a crop top tank top which i'm Where not complaining about get, that here's here's my one problem with that no she looked great in it she looked great in that i really wish they'd shown more of like she'd actually like torn the bottom or something i think it was literally i've actually seen that as an undershirt before is it yeah I'm not Because she it, looked it, great in it. Yeah, it didn't make the most sense for a military undershirt. No, not super. But, but I've also seen that before, so. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll take it. Yeah. But uh, but I do love, yeah, where you're saying that how they don't make gender an issue with the locker rooms. Because when she comes in, Jack's just like, oh, uh, it's sure. not your turn right now. <laughs> he doesn't seem like, oh no, or like, oh, it's a oh, girl. Oh, woman is seeing my fragile skin. My modesty. No, he's just like, it's, it's not your turn right now. He doesn't even look at her, really. No. Like, he looks over for a second to he's see just like, is. oh, it's Sam. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay, cool, it's my subordinate. And then she's just, clearly she, there's something wrong with her, so the fact that Jack doesn't realize it right away is like, come on, Jack. Well, as sexist as this is going to sound, he is still the dude. Yeah. And a chick's coming on to you, your first thought isn't gonna be... But his first thought is, because I love that she, like, just tackles him, basically, and she's like, I want you. And his first thought is, why? I know, I love that. <laughs> to him that something's wrong with her specifically. He knows the situation is, is yeah. messed up. But I, I just like how his brain isn't doing the thinking in that moment. I just love how immediately I want you. Why? As she's going in again to kiss, you can hear her muffling. Why? It's so funny. It's <laughs> pretty good. I do love that. Oh, that was so I good. I don't know, Jack. I can't think of a single thing. But he gets her off of him and gets her. So glad you said him there. <laughs> cycling into that's what she said territory i didn't let you i was like no but yeah he gets her to um the medical where she needs to go i'm gonna hit you i'm gonna throw your cat at you okay yeah that would hurt she is definitely like a little shark clawed femur that's exactly what she is so yeah uh he knows something's wrong with sam so he takes her to medical and we get janet janet our fave we both, when, when she showed up on screen, we're like, Janet! Janet! Just like when we saw Hammond, we were just, Hammond! And then later on, when we see Walter, Walter! <laughs> There's a lot of, like, not main team people in the show. That you, There's just, there's a fondness there. Oh, yeah. There's <coughs> definitely a fondness, because I, I can't remember where I read it forever ago. It was probably Wikipedia or something, but it was literally talking about 
Walter Harriman, or as the fans of SG-1 affectionately refer to him Chevron as, Chevron guy. guy. <laughs> That's like how they literally wrote it like that, affectionately known as. Like, okay, it's cute. Because it took him a while to get a name, didn't it? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It was just that Chevron dude. Yeah. God. He does his job well. I cannot wait for you to see the uh, first episode of SGA, because they have a good, their own, they just have a version of a DHD uh-huh. in, the, in the, the city. And it cracks me up because the person they dial it, McKay, goes, Chevron 1 encoded. And they all look over him and he goes, I just, because, okay, fine, whatever. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then just goes to dial normally. Oh my god. <laughs> so that call, it's a great call out. I just, he just. That's amazing. Beautiful little homage to That's the original beautiful. show. I can't wait till Stargate Atlantis. It can't be a ship in a great way. I'm ready for it. Yeah. The only bad thing about Atlantis is that because of its tone, SGU seemed like such a more of a departure yeah. because of that. That's why SGU got canceled. People yeah. couldn't handle it, especially when it followed such a happy, light-hearted, campy one. I, I don't agree with the cancellation. Yeah, it's been no. ten years, and I'm still pissed. We'll get there. Yep. <laughs> Eventually, I someday. Like, I was literally tweeting at Patrick Gilmore about that. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. so pissed with the show being canceled. So uh, they take her to Janet. Um, and it soon becomes clear that everybody's going crazy in this in this mountain. Yeah, whatever it is, it's spreading fast. Yeah, and there's a great scene where uh, Daniel finds out about Sam from Jack. <laughs> wait, 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 what do you mean she attacked you? She tried to seduce me. Oh, you poor man. You poor man. <laughs> just, but again, just does the surprised eyebrows and then yeah, pause, pause, just pause. Like, you poor man. <laughs> But I do love that, again, Daniel's just, like, worried about his friend. He's like, well, what, is she okay? What's going on? And then Jack, who's also showing some signs of being being infected, because he's, like, been scratching. suddenly scratching yeah. himself leading up to this, suddenly gets, like, oh, all... that's, a, that's a great call out to it being, uh, what they find out that virus feeds on. It's like an allergy. Yes, absolutely. It's like, it's like a skin allergy. Yep. That's a clever little go. thing. Nice. Um, another thing to like about this show, episode. Awesome. Anyway, continue. Uh, Jack starts doing, like, the alpha male, like, why are you asking about her? Why do you care about her? And Daniel's just like, because she's, she's my, my friend? friend? And he, I love that Daniel has no clue what's going on. He's, such the, he's so the opposite of an alpha. But it doesn't make any sense. Okay, that that's definitely a big thing. But I'm like, you dated Sarah. I know there were men interested in Sarah in college. Especially with her personality type. All I can think is that she scared all of them away that's, from Daniel. That's the only thing that really, really is the only thing that makes that's sense That's the only way he wouldn't be able because to recognize this personality yeah. right now. He was non-threatening, so that's why yes. she picked him. Oh, that's that's 100% why Sarah picked Daniel. She, she didn't want to challenge. But, yeah, Daniel's definitely not an alpha male, which is why I'm, I'm, there's another version of this episode that would happen where Daniel does not get all alpha male and possessive over Sam and attack Daniel over Sam like he does in this episode. Yeah. There's another version where he actually goes with the whole... Because there's that whole dichotomy where a lot of times he'll treat Daniel like his child. Yeah. And there's a version of this episode somewhere where he doesn't go that route with Daniel and instead like, goes like overprotective. Yeah. Like, Well, this episode keeps making me fall back on the uh, wolf pack metaphor. Yeah. And it's clear that uh, Jack is the alpha. Oh, yeah. Daniel is clearly the omega type. Yes, he is! So it would have made sense for Jack not to. And, and, and not that it doesn't make sense for him to become combative, it just... It, it I I would have liked to better. see. Yeah, I would have liked to yeah. see a, an approach yeah. where instead of getting like possessive over Sam for Daniel just asking how his friend is, he suddenly, like, maybe someone rushing past bumps into Daniel and Jack's like, huh, like... Immediately, like, protective. Your fist got so close to my face. <laughs> I was showing you how 
how Jack would behave. Yeah, just a moment of, I'm going to point out my reflexes are clearly non-existent because your face got really close to my face. Well, I literally <laughs> just went like, blink, blink. blink. <laughs> yes. Oh. No, I love it because I did that. You didn't even react. And then as my hand came back, then suddenly you're reacting to it. I'm like lol from next gen. You throw the ball. The ball hits me. Then I raise my hand. Yes, there we go. But yeah, what I love about the scene, though, too, is that fully aware this is going to sound like <clears throat> a concession to rape culture. It really isn't. This is the only time where a man getting possessive and creepy over a woman actually isn't creepy. Because, because it's, it's literally hind brain. That's like the whole point of the episode, is that it's not they're about infected, using your frontal lobe control. Exactly. They're literally thinking with their base instincts. So it's the one time that a man can do that where I'm not going to be pissed. Yeah. Because it makes sense. And even then, like, like the only rape thing we get is then that first part. Yeah, which they call out at least. Oh, they they call it out. They call Literally, it what it is, yeah. which, thank you. Because, like, they made a point of having Sam be the one to be the aggressor mm-hmm. when that thing happened. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. But also because that makes sense. Because rape culture isn't just for men, you know. Because <laughs> Jesus, that's Janet a points. Sense. But what I like is that Janet points out later, she's like, yeah, in, like, primate, Primates um, choose, choose like the females choose the best source of genetic material for their children. Yeah, they want to have the strongest offspring, therefore the strongest makes exactly. sense. Exactly. The best chance for their offspring mm-hmm. is this example here. Yeah. Which is why society sucks today, is because so many people don't move past that mentality of so on and so forth. Have to win the female kind of thing. It's like, yeah. yes, are you a monkey? No. No. Do you need to think like one then? No. no. Are you capable of more? Debatable. <laughs> but yeah, so I love how uh, they get Jack into his own little uh, isolation room, because uh, he's clearly infected as well, and Janet starts, like, explaining what's going on in the space, because it's clear by now that it's everywhere. And she starts explaining about, like, the um, the, the, the thing with Sam, where, yeah. like, the females will tar- and everything. Oh, and shout out to Jack, though, to specifically uh, Richard Dean Anderson for that scream the that he does. The little ape scream, that ape, ape scream. Yeah. He's just that good. He's only the he's the only one who does it, too. Yeah, I feel like maybe he, like, when they Yeah, were because he's the only on one who could that, do yeah, it. On, on set that day, he was just like, oh, by the way, does this sound right? Does it? And they're like, yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> that works. <laughs> but I do love that while Janet's explaining the fact that Daniel and Teal appear to be, um not infected at this point. She keeps calling Teal Mr. Teal. That was a good introduction. And, a, and then Daniel's like, uh, Mr. Teal. I mean, Teal. <laughs> like, he's so confused. She's so respectful. I love, I love Janet so much. Whenever she's deferential, it's only in the utmost respect mm-hmm. kind of way, never in a, any kind of ass-kissing, sexist, ass-kissing brown, any kind of <laughs> negative light you want to cast on that would not work, because she's literally just awesome. Yeah, so uh, she makes it clear, hey, this is like an actual infection we have to worry about. So Hammond steals off the mountain. Yeah, which, by the way, took a while. Way too long. Like, it was pretty clear, pretty fast, that this was something that was spreading. I feel like the first thing you should have done was, okay, well, I will not say sure it's happening yet, but maybe we should close off the mountain. I will say, there's every chance that those scene cuts that we got were about as fast as it was happening. Like, we have to uh, remember that, like, they had the meeting, the guy attacked Teal'c, and then Sam and, and Daniel are down working at the gate. Yeah. It clearly hasn't been that long because later on when Jack's um, in the locker room, he's reacting like, oh, Sam hasn't had her shower post-mission Right, yet. yeah, no, yeah. Which so means the, it's clearly the, like, the, like five minutes yeah, later. Yeah, the, the debrief couldn't have taken that long. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So I think, like, 
Yeah, there's an that. excuse to be made that it's been happening very quickly. Yeah. But Hammond does go, okay, we have to see off the mountain. No one can get out until we figure out what the hell is going on here. But as soon as it becomes clear, Daniel and Tilk are the only people not infected. Other than Janet. Janet's also fine. Yeah, I like how they keep pointing out, these two are immune. Also, I am not sick yet either, but that's inconsequential. <laughs> I mean, they call it out a little yeah. later, but it, 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 is, it is just funny Yeah, when me. she figures out why, Oh, then actually, she... I'm an idiot. It makes complete sense why she didn't include herself because that's because actually, she can't go through that, no, that, that's a technique about doctors is that you they literally hold themselves apart from the patients entirely there you go. it's that whole diagnostician thing mm-hmm. you, you have to pull yourself out of the equation that's why doctors a lot of times don't think about themselves like, that's why like the best doctors will work until they fall kind of thing oh yeah, those yeah. Places where they're mm-hmm. exposed to that kind of shit it's because they're not thinking about themselves in that it's literally that whole separation so yeah it makes sense that she wouldn't have done it because she's literally just looking at it from the clinical diagnostician standpoint which she doesn't even ex- exist as a variable at that point. No. Nope. So. Makes sense. I take yeah. it back. I, you go. I, uh, I recant. I recant my statement. <laughs> All right. But, uh, she basically goes, okay, you guys are the only ones not infected. Uh, if you go back through the gate and get some blood samples from the untouched, maybe I can figure out what makes them not be infected. Uh, for some reason, you don't have any trace of the thing yeah, in your system. Yeah, exactly. But I do love that as soon as she says this, Daniel looks immediately nervous, like, like wait, I'm just sorry, the two of us? Uh, I'm sorry, you, you, you didn't, did I hear you right? Two of us. It's, it's, it's funny you said it, I feel like, I feel like you, I heard my name. Just, <laughs> that, that's not right. I could, I, I must have been mistaken. Say it again. <laughs> and I do like this little, it's, I would say it's semi-subtle because it's not verbal at all, so I will give him this, although it would have been nicer if we'd seen Daniel sneezing in the past two episodes at any point in time. Especially in the episode that it shall be named where he's in a big-ass meadow full of hay fever. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so there's a nice little hint of foreshadowing for the solution to this entire episode, where as him and Teal'c are walking up to the gate to go through, Daniel sneezes. Just a little, no one comments on it. There's not even a bless you or anything. As they're walking through the gate, Daniel just sneezes and they keep going. There's no pause because Daniel, at least in the movie and a little bit in the pilot when yeah, they sit like, through the, the gods, yeah. when they kept making jokes about the the tissues, yeah. uh, but they still never show them sneezing. Not really, yeah. Basically what I was going to say is they've already, God. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but they've set Daniel up as someone with allergies already. Oh, yeah. No, it is a right. no. Yeah. Set up sounds about right. They've already framed him as this. Framed. So. That's a better one. Yeah. No, what I really like, though, is that that's actually a, a, an element of real life there, is people with allergies who are constantly sneezing, everyone around them pretty quickly stops saying, yeah, because they bless you, because it's just, you're going to get tired of saying that yeah, really yeah. fast. <laughs> and we don't need, be like, and I know for a fact because I'm always fucking sneezing. I don't need to hear it every time. I get it. We're good. <laughs> There's no need for politeness. Mm-hmm. So I just like that real world element where no one says anything because it's just, I mean, yeah. otherwise you're going to be saying it 12,000 times a day with him. <laughs> True. Yeah. They, sneeze, uh, they so go through. They go through. He sneezes, they go through. They find um, the girl that they'd already rescued once. Uh, and she's, she's clearly infected. Yeah, this time makes sense for her to be in the dark side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put her there. Uh-huh. Um, and Daniel's like, well, we gotta rescue her. <laughs> Good boy, Daniel. And Teal'c's like, we don't have to, we, we have to leave her for now. We have a mission. We don't have time or resources to take care of Especially this. Especially since they, like, while they're assessing her and seeing why she's in the, you know, there, they <laughs> point out that, you know, why would they do this? Well, the same reason why we separated ours is to help yeah. the people who aren't Yeah, dead. Daniel, like, clearly goes, like, outlines that they're, yeah. like, leper colonies. Exactly, he points out the leper colony. 
so he's very aware of that metaphor, very aware of how contagious this thing is, and yet, let's say it was, you know, real life, let's say it's back in time where leper colonies were still a thing, you wouldn't go out to the island and go, this isn't good for you, let me take you out, because, first off, everyone just immediately take that person off your hands and put them right back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what does he hope to accomplish? I, I love that he's a good guy and wants to help yeah. her, but she's clearly sick. Daniel she's clearly where she needs to be in the, the real moment. world. Yeah. And then just like, well, here's a leper. Let's just bring that. Okay, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> but I do love that what, what leads to this is like, Teal's being realistic. Like, no, we, we'll come back for her after. But like, Daniel like ignores him and just like picks her up. And like, while he's doing that, cavemen show up yeah. uh, in from in front of Teal. And Teal like fires his gun up into the Big air. Big like, scare away. I like how they normally have like your regular kind of like, I don't know where the hell kind of machine guns they have. Yeah. This one was like that gigantic magazine. Like this was like bullet pierce, uh-huh. uh, uh, armor piercing rounds type shit. Like that's some heavy artillery there. But okay. Uh, while he's doing that on one side, suddenly Daniel turns around with the with the girl in his arms, and suddenly there's a whole bunch more on the other side facing Daniel. And Tilt goes like, "Fire your weapon up into the air. It'll scare them away." And Daniel's like carrying this woman. Going like, "Hello." Oh <laughs> yeah, like. Cool. And I love because they just have Tilt taking care of his side of him, and like after he finishes, like he turns around and Daniel's gone. <laughs> yeah, from a writing standpoint, all of a sudden you realize why he picks up, tries to help the chick, and so that's an excuse for him yeah. not to be able to be. I like how that it would have been completely plausible for him to have had a gun and still gone taken because oh, he's yeah. weak little because Daniel. It's Daniel. But I do just love Snatch. But I love that, like, what's great about this episode is the fact that, like, it's clear Teal does not understand Daniel as a person yet. Nope. Like, where he's like, oh, we'll come back for her later. It's like, Teal, Daniel's not gonna listen to that. Or fire your gun up up into the air. It will distract them. And then doesn't hear anything from Daniel and he doesn't worry about that. He doesn't learn yet what what Jack talks about in the uh, first episode where he's like, that man does not listen, <laughs> where he turns his back on Daniel for a second and Daniel is gone. Yep. We revisit that trope, which will be constantly revisited. Yes. Is, turns around, turns back. God damn, where'd he go? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> Tilk is starting to learn that in this episode. Yep. And I love how he just like, he's like, I... <laughs> and he like finds Daniel's glasses on the ground and he's just like, where? How? How? <laughs> I love, I, I, behind the scenes, I definitely feel like there was definitely an off, uh, an off-screen moment where they're like, okay, so, when he's not looking, you attach the leash. <laughs> and he'll just, like, and he'll never notice. <laughs> he'll never notice. Until you try to walk around so he think it's yeah, yanked he'll, back. Yeah, he'll, like, like try to... To trying to go off in some direction and just, and just yelling, but Jack! <laughs> like, running in place, but Jack! <laughs> and they have arguments every time they go through the gate. No, it's your turn to hold the leash. No, it's your turn to hold the leash. Last time he bit me. <laughs> <laughs> Jack being like, Sam, he never bites you. You take the leash. And he's just sitting in the corner, like, rubbing out his nose, like, like, like he does when he's annoyed, just like, no one's asking me if I want a leash. It's like, you're right, no one is asking you. <laughs> how fast that became headcanon. Because <laughs> it's true. Right? But yeah, so because they don't have a leash, he loses He Daniel. loses Daniel. And he's just like, well, I can't find him, so I'm gonna actually take care of my job like I'm supposed to. I do like how he's, very, he's really good he's at compartmentalizing. Prime. Yeah, he's really good at compartmentalizing. Because he's like, well, this sucks, but I can't do this right now. I have I other people to help. I am the only person who yeah. can help with yeah. this, so I have to take care of this first. He's the many, too. I will keep an eye out for yeah. Daniel this entire time. But I have to deal with this first. And once I've done my main duty, there's nothing stopping me from coming back. Yeah, exactly, my friend. But I just love how he's able to prioritize. The mark of a true leader type. Uh huh. But yeah, he goes back to the the untouched side, 
and he tries to say, like, hey, uh, I saw your daughter again. They're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. My daughter's dead. Because <laughs> basically their whole thing is that as soon as their, uh, someone of theirs has been infected, they're dead. That way they don't have to, like, and purposes. worry about them or mourn them or anything. They're gone. They're dead. Well, they can still mourn them, but yeah. just not in that yeah, yeah. other perspective. They mourn them in a way where we can't get them back. It's not like that hopeful kind of, like, well, maybe someday. No, they're dead. Um, and Tilk tries to explain, no, it's not a curse. It's an illness, and we're trying to fix it. And that goes over about as well as a lead balloon. Yeah, because he's in, he's uh, involving himself in their religion. Right? Not to mention the fact that... And also, Tilk something... is not a diplomat. What I like about it is he does drop the topic pretty fast because he, he knows comes he's from not a going anywhere. Well, it's like the Jaffa culture. How many times has he had? Has he been exposed to people around him literally believing oh, in these yeah. false gods? Mm-hmm. He's very used to people having a religion that they are not willing to look facts exactly in the eye and mm-hmm. like, see them what they are. So he's like, uh, he tries, he tries again. Okay, fuck this. <laughs> I do like because he's like, okay, fine. I'm not gonna waste time. On this I will shit. leave. I, I don't need your help trying to rescue my people, but I need some blood from you. Which that chick's response, our blood, this is our life source. I know, she wasn't a bad actor, but she was definitely very dramatic. Yeah, there was a reason she had less lines. That does crack me up, because the le- the main dude there is incredibly British. Right? What was with that accent that no one else had? Oh, no. Speaking, this, this is now two times in a row where the main guy, yeah. leader type, has an accent that no and, one else yeah. has. Like, it, it could totally make sense that he came from like a different land on that planet or whatever, but it's just interesting oh yeah absolutely uh but yeah so they're like uh no you're not getting our blood you need to leave and we never want you back here again and they leave and Tilt's just like okay and like he's like starting to walk towards the doors and i love that like he's just like he sees the guards at the doors and he no i love he sees them as he's walking towards the doors and then you see like you see something in his eyes and his posture where he makes a decision and as he approaches he doesn't show it anywhere else but as he approaches the guards at the door he just beats the shit out of them and then steals one of their blood I like the little right, right, right where he pauses or right before he attacks where you know what's going to happen, obviously, but he pauses. And all I can think for a moment is those guards don't know what's about to no. hit them. They have no clue what's about to happen. It just amuses me. It's so funny. And two very sorry guards in three, two, one. And I love how petty-ass angry they seem later on. It's so good. I love the fact that those guards, the guys playing those guards. Were big like, beefy dudes, too. Well, Oh, yeah, they were huge. But I love the fact that like they had non-speaking roles. That was the biggest moment in their whole filming was being beat up by Teal, but they still had the thought process, or maybe it was the director, maybe, maybe I could give him that, um, to be like, hey, you just got beat up by him last time you see him, be a little petty in this scene. Right, like, I'd be a little sore in more ways than one there. Yeah. Uh, so, Teal gets the blood, gets back over to the gate, gives it to Janet, and then, um, there's... While this has been happening, there's been this whole thing going on where... Yeah, in um, real time, back on Earth. Yeah, where Janet's been, like, trying extra Trying sed- to hold sedation. down the fort. Oh, yeah, she's, like, the only one left at this point. Uh, but she's been, like, trying extra sedation on Jack and found that he's actually a little bit more coherent when he's sedated. Mm-hmm. And um, when Teal gets back and, like, shows the blood and everything and she figures out, oh, it's antihistamines. And I love Janet every time she starts talking about medical jargon. Because she just, like, says, like, all of the jargon. And every time she does, the people she's talking to just stare at her blankly for a minute. A little bit of nodding before they go, 
huh? Okay, so, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then she explains a little bit more dumbed down, but every time she never thinks to, like, lead. I call that her. moment the, uh, that reaction the, uh, right, uh-huh, I, I hear you, but what? Yeah. <laughs> but basically, um, while she's figuring out what's going on with the antihistamines, there's this great little moment where a semi-coherent but still very uh, primitive brainy. Jack, kind brainy Jack, is in his uh, isolation room, and Teal comes to the door and just, like, confesses. He's like, I'm sorry, I lost Daniel. It's great, because he, like, he, he recognizes that Jack is in charge, Daniel's his baby. Yeah, a beta, he was the beta there. Yeah, that's the beta thing. Yes! You're out of commission, secondary, this is my job. Secondary yeah. beta. Yep, I am here to... And I failed. Take care of things when you're not there, and I didn't do my job. Yeah, and you can actually see Hindbrain Jack actually kind of be like, oh shit. <laughs> like, not happy about it. Not angry at Teal, nope. but like, clearly not happy that he lost He's Daniel. the kind of guy who would understand that if Teal failed, quote-unquote, it wasn't because Teal didn't do the best that he could. No. He's the kind of guy where that only happened because of insurmountable yeah. odds or also something the that, fact that was like unattainable when <laughs> jack is more coherent if t- if teal came to jack when he wasn't primitive and said i'm sorry i lost daniel t- t- jack would have just been like that was daniel's fault right. it's like <laughs> okay cool let's get a day that ends and why <laughs> yeah cool so we'll find him hooked up with that planet's princess later on i guess i'm sure he's getting laid as we speak <laughs> Okay, let's not talk about that. Oh, anyway, God. So, yes, There's a lot more rape issues there. Yeah, I said it, and then I thought about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so Janet figures out, oh, it's antihistamines. That's why, well, Teal, you were fine because you're your gold, but that's why me and Daniel weren't infected, because we, we both, both have allergies. Really bad allergies to where we have to take antihistamines every day, which is why there was that great little bit of foreshadowing before they went through the gate where he freaking sneezes. I just realized Benadryl missed out on a great product placement moment there. Right? <laughs> so, um, semi-coherent, primitive yeah. jab. Somehow sedation, somehow yeah, sedatives push back, she literally says, pushes back the primal side. It's like, first off, what? Second off, that doesn't make sense. Glossing over it, because whatever. No, I that one I can't give you a, a semi-explanation for. I Honestly, I'm, I, I don't know that much about neurobiology, so yeah, maybe there's something there. That's, maybe there's something that's there. That's why I'm like, I don't have any basis to yeah. My defend. sister's a neuro person. Hey, yeah. She's literally in school for that, so. You can you can call her. her. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, so. <laughs> if you are infected by a disease that turns you into a caveman. <laughs> because it feeds on histamines. The parasitic virus feeds on histamines, somehow makes you primal as shit. Would sedation Would help? Would sedation help? No, I'm not crazy. It's an actual <laughs> question. <laughs> That's not where we're, okay, okay, just, I, we can talk about this later. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's how that would go. But, uh, yeah, so semi-coherent, sedated Jack insists to Janet that she tests whether the antihistamine thing works on him. Because that's what he would do. Mm -hmm. Because he's the alpha. Exactly. He's protected this In a non-toxic masculine way. I know, right? Oh, it's so refreshing. In a protect the pack. Mm Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with male-female <laughs> bullshit. It literally has to do with, I am the leader. Mm-hmm. This is regardless of all the other crap. Yeah. I am the leader. My job is to protect. Therefore, this is the best thing I can do to protect. Yeah, because he's not even technically, like, the leader of SGC yet. No. Like, obviously Hammond. But, like, later on in the show, even when Hammond's still in charge, Jack is definitely in charge of SGC. Mm-hmm. He's not there yet, but he's still, like, this is his team that's in danger and everything. Especially because, like, he's got, there's got to be some part of his brain that's going... Daniel's been taken. I have to be better to get him back. 
So he's just like, no, you have to fix Jill this. Jill can't do this alone. Test it on me. Yeah. yeah. Jill cannot do this alone. So Janet's like, okay, fine, we'll test it on you. And then, like, there's a little time jump, and then you see, like, the teal waiting outside yeah, Jack's, uh, meditating Jack's outside room, room, meditating. And then there's knock in from inside Jack's room, and Teal opens a little window. A little sliding hatch. And he's thing. just kind of, like, looking at Jack, like, are, are you normal now? And then Jack's just, like, smart-ass Jack. <laughs> Lucy, I'm home! And, and this is another moment where I do love the camera framing again. It's incredibly simple, but just, like, it's just the entire screen is filled with Teal's face. Yeah, and and the there's pause, pause. no reaction on his I face. Love the, 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 I love the full beat of silence yes. with the impassive face, and then... I, I am, am not, not Lucy. Lucy. It's a video. Blah, blah, blah. Let me out. I don't think you're right in the head yet. You just referred to me as Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said then. That's so good. It would have been really funny if I could totally imagine the scene where he said Lucy. I hope he just shuts the door again. Just no. Nope, you're still sick. No. No. He closes out. it and then goes Janet. He is incoherent now. <laughs> he is looking for someone. Do you know why Lucy? He seems to think he has come to her home. I see what you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, let's go let him out. It's fine, Mr. Teal. A box showed him an image of this once. <laughs> yeah, Jack hasn't showed uh, Teal Oprah or The Simpsons yet. I love Lucy. Yeah, he hasn't shown him the I love Lucy Okay, either. you said Simpsons, so I was like, I was debating whether or not you actually thought that Lucy I'm Home came No, from I Simpsons. know where Lucy I'm Home is I was is hoping. From. I just, that was my beat pause moment. I, I don't like, know what? what's on Showtime, but I know what I love Lucy is. But yeah, so they, uh, then there's another little time jump where they've clearly given everyone antihistamines, because everyone's on their feet, and they're, a big old group is growing through to go get Daniel back. Just one person, like, technically they're going through also to, like, fix the, the uh, right. the touch. Right. But I love the, like, concept of, like, Jack getting let out of the room, and after Hammond gets fixed up again, Jack just going to Hammond, I need a big team. Why? Daniel got taken. Yeah, right, fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and while we're over SGC's there, we'll baby boy. fix people. <laughs> the baby boy of SGC got taken. The bouncing baby nerd got taken. Yeah. So they they take a big old team through with uh, Trent guns that have antihistamines in them. And I call them Benadryl guns. There we go. And they go through and just immediately start firing on, on cavemen. I mean, you might as well. But I like how they get there and they uh, after doing that, they walk up on Jack, uh, Daniel, who somehow he and uh, Melosha, the daughter that got sick, they paired together. Up. I like how that insinuates that he was the strongest one in that I pack. know! It's like, you're the nerd! I like it, I like it. I like <laughs> the idea that as soon as she went primitive, she was allowed to choose her mate. Oh, I doubt that 100%. Well, Sam was able to choose her she mate. She chose. Doesn't mean that the males were gonna be cool with that. We don't know how the primitive one works here. I'm gonna go with the theory that she chose him, and he so happened to also be strong enough to fight off all the men who were like, well, who's the shit what she wants? Maybe I just want to be like because there are certain just because certain you'd spe- pick Daniel no, no. doesn't no I'm saying that like there are certain species where the woman is entirely in charge oh, yeah. of picking who they're gonna mate with I don't think it's that but all I do know is that they I walk up like and Jack goes Daniel that. you dog I know it's like yep that's what you need to focus yeah. on yeah for some reason Daniel's pants have been like torn off I know it's like I was so like what what's going on there I don't want to know it's fine it's fine if I had been an adult at that time and it was you know like one of the extras I feel like I would have made the executive acting decision <laughs> to tear off his pants yeah yeah there you go you said they could look real but he needs to be touched to be oh sick god <laughs> I'm not going to do anything inappropriate, but I will touch his legs. <laughs> oh my god. So they go through and they uh, dose everyone up to fix him. And then they just carry Daniel over to the light side. And I love that it's Teal carrying Daniel. And he's just like, I'm not.
losing him again. Right? Just, He's just got him in like I a fireman carry over his shoulders. Just like, nope, this is my charge. Oh my Jack is here. He's, He's trusting me with him again. He's lost and bound. Yes. I lost him. I, I returned him. But they go over to the touch side and they explain, hey, we fixed it. They try to explain that's a disease. That doesn't work. So Sam just goes, we found a way to, to lift reverse the, the curse. curse. And it looks over at Jack like, what do you want from me, man? Yeah, she, she's just like, they're not going to listen to disease. It's fine. So the people are like, let's put your put your guy over in the isolation area. Which the isolation area is completely open. I don't I mean, understand. Especially when they have, that actually does lend more credence to like, the idea that those hazmat suits were more like ceremonial. Because they had protection and then they don't understand what airborne is, obviously. No. Because the isolation circle is literally just a cushion on the floor. Yep. With everyone standing back. But I do love that for some reason the guards are guarding that area. Yeah, the guy says it, and then Tilk walks over to put Daniel and, on the cushion, and, and they're like, And they move the spears in front, it's like, he, your leader just said! <laughs> and I just, just love that, that petty little yeah, move. Just like, but he's a jerk. <laughs> he beat me up earlier. There's a lot of toot in one little mini Oh, scene. yeah. Like it's yeah. great. I love Whether it. Whether it was an acting decision or a directing decision, either way, it was the right yeah, decision. I love it. So uh, they put Daniel there, and they wait, and they see, hey, he's back. Whatever indeterminate amount of time later. You hear they literally just hear, of course, the first thing he mumbles is, Jack. <laughs> I do, because he's, you know, he's like, I'm blaming Jack for this. I don't know why he wasn't over on the other side with me, but I'm blaming Jack for this. I like how as far as he knew, Jack was sick, and he still asked for Jack. That's because Jack's his daddy. Yeah, I love it. It's terrific. It's a great, it speaks to the bond. But yeah, then, oh, that's why, that. he's again, scared. why it's weird that they had Jack attack him. I know. I don't think they had long enough. They would have needed, like, at least five more minutes to have the, the different take on that, where he's, yeah. like, weirdly protective and, like, hides Daniel away from the rest of us. Can you imagine, like, having to, like, hunt Daniel down? <laughs> where did Jack hide it? But yeah, so, lo and behold, he's cured. Yeah. So they're like, and oh, it's, cool. And it's symbolically represented with him putting his glasses back yes. on. Yes. I like how Daniel is no longer blind, apparently, while primal. Apparently. Because he seems to be seeing everything just fine. Yeah. Again, in season two, he can read paperwork just yep. fine yep. without his glasses. Yep. So Maybe he's farsighted. You never know. Maybe. We don't know. But yeah, so they start make, taking their hike back to the Stargate. Because they're like, oh, okay, we believe you. Uh, and as they're hiking back to the Stargate, out from the dark woods, what, all of these suddenly cured cavemen come out and like start reuniting with their families. And it's yes. really sweet because you see like people from the, the light side recognizing people from the yeah, dark side. Good. Like the daughter who was yeah. And that one chick's uh, father, father. she mentioned. Which mm-hmm. made all I could think was, wow, that, that was one tough old buff dude. Old guy. Like, he was old. He was looking at the prime of his, you know, strength. And yet he's pretty survived some amount of time in Cavemanville. Yeah. Seems to be no worse to wear. All right. Kudos, old man. Oh, and then there's that great little ending part where Sam's like, "By the way, I want to apologize for my behavior." And he's like, "Oh, it's okay. I was sick. I don't remember it. It's fine." Um. Oh yeah, I heard you got stabbed. And she's like, "Oh yeah, it's nothing. You'll heal probably without a scar." Well, that's good because otherwise you wouldn't be able to pull off that sweet little tank top number. <laughs> and he says it thankfully in a non creepy yeah, way. Yeah, because her he's reaction's doing like, it in oh, a completely yes. like yeah, like just a razzing yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's giving of, a hard time. He's not. There's nothing leery in his voice. Yeah. He's not even looking at her when he says it. It's just like he was trying to like lull her into a false sense of security. Like I don't remember any of just it. Just to be a jackass. And then just like as like a parting jab. Like no, I do remember it. <laughs> I love where she stops and goes. God. Like, the look yes. on her face is just, you jackass. Yes, exactly. But it's so affection. good. It was the, great. Like I'm saying, the interplay in this episode between all of the characters is so good. It's, it's very so glass good. Because Glasser knows his characters. 
Yeah, so I was honestly, like, other than the few rapey scenes, yeah, again, I'm like, season one, why? Why is the, why is the rape here? Why? Why is it ever in anything? It's still it's, a trope. It's, it's still in like, Hathor. It's, it's in, um... It's such an overused story device. Yeah. But, honestly, it's not something we're going to be able to fix in, in a day, so... Whatever. Yeah. I had to say whatever right now. And I'm not accepting that it's okay. I am accepting that it's something I can do about it right now. So, yeah. I'll I'll I roll my eyes and hope for a better future. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, after season one. It was great. I, I loved it. I loved the introduction of Janet. I loved how she interplayed with, with them so seamlessly. Oh, Janet. And then Walter. Walter as well. Yes. Walter's appearance. But the worst I can say about it was the directing was eh. Yeah. It was uninspiring. Which is like, oh, Completely the uninspiring. Right? Um, but yeah, so, no deaths. No deaths. Unless you count Daniel's dignity. I think technically one of the cavemen in the beginning was shot by the marines. Yeah, but we're talking no, team no, deaths. I, I, yeah, but there wasn't any, so I was, I was desperately searching okay. for something. <laughs> That's true, like, nobody died in this, like, huh? Literally nobody. Oh, shit, no, those two guys who went through the, the plate glass. Those two- uh, You don't know if they died. No, because uh, when um, she, like, Sam goes to check their <laughs> pulse, one of them is do that eyes wide open uh, like, death okay. thing. And he did just fall a whole story. Yeah, that was fair. I was like, why, why did like, both yeah. of their necks break? Yeah. So, it could be that, yeah. I okay, like but none of the main team no, died. No, no, just you're just your average red shirt. All right, uh, so I think we're counting this as a writer success, yes? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Jack and Daniel moments. Are you a Jack or are you a Daniel? I think I was a Jack in this one. I could see that. Yeah, I definitely would be. Well, it's like I told you, when I, uh, granted, I can't take credit for this because I was an infant, but I was born right around the time that the uh, the chickenpox vaccine was uh-huh. being introduced. It was still technically pretty expensive. Like, a lot of people weren't doing it yet because they really weren't sure if it was safe, and my mother insisted on getting it for me, so I never got chickenpox because of it. But I, I was did. that kid that got experimented on with the uh, chickenpox vaccine. I got it when I was like seven. Yeah, but you're also older than me, so yeah. it wasn't even really out. Exactly. No, it didn't exist yeah. back then. No, people who are older, I, I, I consider myself like that that threshold, where if you're younger than me, I don't like your parents if you, they, if they did that purposeful yeah. sick thing, because they had the option and they chose... Uh-huh. I can, ugh, I'm not even getting started on that rant. Um, but the whole thing is that I embody the uh, role of a caretaker type. Hey, you're the alpha. Yeah, I feel like I would want to test it on myself before anybody else, just in case, you know, because like, you can survive without me kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I can't survive without a pack kind of thing, that mentality. I, I definitely would feel that mentality, especially yeah. if I got sick and got hind brainy. I'm definitely going to have to say I'm a Daniel in this one, mostly for how, like, unsuspecting he was of, of Alpha Jack in that moment where... What, why do you care about her? Because she's my friend? What are you talking about? There are no ulterior motives here. Just that complete obliviousness because I I have a story from high school where um, I was walking with one of my friends and while I was walking to class she was complaining about how much PDA there was on the campus. That's unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> and while she was complaining about that, while I was walking right next to her, I was like, where? Mel! <laughs> and within like three seconds, she pointed to like five different people in our peripheral oh, that were macking on their boyfriends or girlfriends. And uh. I was like, oh, <laughs> huh. my, my peripheral, I've got good peripheral vision. You know this because oh, nobody ever sneaks up on me. But somehow there's something in my brain that just shuts it off. I just get blinders, and I don't see it. I don't see any of that stuff. So I'm absolutely Daniel in this world. Oh, God, is she okay? Why Why do you care? Because she's my friend, and she got... She's sick? What are you, what are you talking about? That makes sense. I definitely could see that. So yeah, I'm definitely a Daniel. Yeah. I, I immediately thought of that. I'm like, yeah, I can't. I'm a Daniel. Uh-huh. And also, I can't... Oh, all that alpha stuff. I'm just like... 
just put me to fucking sleep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think we're both pretty agreed that this is a thumbs up oh, yeah, episode. Thumbs way yes, up. thumbs way up. Yeah, I think like like I said, there were like those one or two moments where we're like, uh, even then they're just. But they were treated minor. better than other episodes. Right? They were, I feel like the response to those moments was acceptable, appropriate, more respectful. respectful. Yeah, yeah, because they called it out as rape in that. Like mm-hmm. she called it. She's like me. I call that rape. You and me both. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, yeah, yeah. Okay, so next week, uh, we're gonna be watching the First Commandment. No, don't read the synopsis. Just, don't spoil it. I, it's the one I'm with the fiance. Just read, I'm literally just reading the first part. It's the fiance. How do you keep forgetting this? There are a lot of episodes. It's the one where they put the um, they put the gate horizontal on the ground and turn oh, it shit, into that a pool. One. No, I love that one. I know. I love I love parts of it, and then I hate parts of it. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting one. For the trend it starts, too, with uh, Sam's history. Oh, God. Success. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, her dating history. Huh. Okay. Next week, we're going to watch The First Commandment. But we're done for today with The Broken Divide. This was such a nice experience compared to last week, where I was just dead. Where it wasn't just like, can we talk about anything else? No, we wanted to talk about this episode. There was a lot to talk about this episode. We probably got to talk more on this episode. But we've kind of uh, made someone hide in a bedroom for now, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up so they can actually... Pat is comatose. Oh, yes, she is. I've been, like, harassing her. But yeah, so, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel, not Liss, and Liss at It's Liss, not Mel, or our podcast Twitter, Point of Origin PC. Uh, you can also email us at pointoforigincast at gmail.com. Or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it into the nearest wormhole. Maybe with some antihistamines, so, you know, we don't become attached as well. Yeah. You've said that phrase enough now that I'm no longer comfortable with it. <laughs> right. I can honestly use some antihistamines right now. The allergies are driving me crazy. We didn't have much in the way of trivia this week, but any links that we talked about today, you can find those in our show notes. If you like the show, as usual, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, thank you for joining us on our newest betterest incursion hey it's it's a word now (laughs) sure (laughs) our newest and betterest incursion through the iris and until next time